Thanks for listening to the All Nations Church podcast. Enjoy this week's message. We hope it leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and empowers you to advance the kingdom of God in your community. If you'd like to find out more, head to allnationschurch.org.uk slash podcast. Good morning, church. Welcome to my home and thank you for hosting me in yours. At least I'm assuming that you are at home. At least if you're in Wales, maybe if you are elsewhere in the world, elsewhere in the country, you might be listening to this on your commute, uh, in the gym, wherever you are. But certainly if you're in Wales, you'll be at home because we are about halfway through, as of today, halfway through this two-week fire break lockdown. Uh, we may be locked down, but we're not knocked down, amen. Pop that in the chat. If you're watching live, tell your housemates, tell your family, give someone a call, say we might be locked down, but we're not knocked down at this time. We're coming through stronger. Uh, God's continuing to speak to us. Uh, God's continuing to rule over everything. Jesus is still king. Amen. And if he's king, then he's worthy of our love and our devotion. And if he's king, then he has the power to rule over all things, which is what, in effect, we've been talking about over the last uh, couple of months. We've been following this theme of transformation. And you may remember that when Beth kicked us off uh, on this on this journey, maybe back in September, she said, when we're talking about transformation, we're talking about the kingdom of God. And she defined the kingdom of God in this really simple way, God's rule in action. The kingdom of God is as simple as this, whatever God says, I'm going to do it. And that's what we've been talking about over the last few months. Last week, uh, James brought a great word to us and he used, instead of the word transformation, he used the words change and repentance. And he he reminded us that constant change in all of life is a guarantee, but change is also right at the heart of the message of the kingdom of God. When Jesus went about and started preaching the good news of the kingdom, he said, repent, which means to change your thinking, that you may change the way that you live. And we as Christians are changing the way that we live in obedience to our King, Jesus Christ. James reminded us that our amazing, wonderful King, the Lord Jesus Christ, never changes. We said this verse out loud, Hebrews 13 verse 8, we said it out loud all together last week. I'm going to say to you to do it again. Let's say it out loud together that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. This means then that we're not on some kind of self-help program here. Uh, transformation is is not about being on some hamster wheel of constantly changing, changing, going after the latest morality, the latest trend, the latest version of righteousness or virtue signaling. We're not into any of that. No, Jesus never changes. Therefore, we can say that we are not on a journey, but on a pilgrimage. We have a set destination and his name is Jesus. This is not about uh, making bad people good. Jesus didn't die for that. Um, Jesus died to make those who were dead in their sins, aka the whole world, come to life again. God, when he raised Jesus to life, also made a way for us to be raised to life with him. Jesus is taking the dead and making them live again. That's the transformation that we're talking about. And yes, that transformation is absolutely impossible. And yet Jesus says that what is impossible with man is possible with God. So today we are going to look at another area of our lives where God is calling us to repent, where he's calling us to change our way of thinking that we may live and look like him. 
And as we look at this next area of transformation, uh, I'd encourage you, remember that every time that God commands something of us, every time that he tells us to do something, he's calling us into the impossible. This transformation is impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. This demands a total reliance on him. Our obedience is not dependent on our our own strengths or weaknesses or how we're feeling, whether we feel righteous, whether we feel holy. It's totally dependent on him. And our, our level of obedience is simply a willing and humble heart to do as he says. For the one who says in his heart, not your will, not my will, but your will be done, opens a gateway for the kingdom of heaven to come on the earth. Our obedience in this way provides the very conditions for God's transformation to take place in our lives. And I loved that that was so clearly demonstrated in Angus and Alice's testimony this morning. I look at each kind of section started by Angus saying, oh, we were reading this in the Bible or God had been saying this to us. Uh, and we took it and we believed that it was true and we believed it was true for us. And then we did something with it. We, we put it into practice. We obeyed God. And these are the things that happened. His rule came into our lives. Fear left. Provision came. Peace was here. And God has showed his goodness and his rule in Angus and Alice's life as they, as they have taken what he said and put it into practice. And so as we, as we journey into the word this morning... Uh, I have one simple question that comes to mind out of all of this. What has God asked you to do? Uh, As I was preparing for this, uh, a a story came to mind or something that's happening in our home at the moment. If you know me or you know my wife, you'll know that we have two wonderful children, uh, Beatrix, who's three, and Aria, who is 10 months old. And uh, Bee's starting to get the hang of life. She's doing great. We can give her simple instructions now and she can follow them. She knows what she's doing in certain areas and she's feeling pretty good about it herself. So we'll get to bedtime and I'll give her simple instructions. Say, right, time to put your pajamas on and go brush your teeth. Um, but Bee's starting to get this sense of, uh, well, I know what I'm doing, but Aria doesn't. So I'm going to tell Aria everything she's doing wrong and what she needs to do. So they're both running around. No pajamas are on. Nobody's brushed their teeth because a three-year-old is trying to do uh, everything for a 10 month old. And it got me thinking, God began, began to speak to me that as we mature, we begin to get this sense of, oh, I know a little bit more about life, but an unchecked sense of maturity leads to a self-righteousness that causes us to point the finger at other people, to pass a judgment on them. When actually all along, God's just been saying, what have I asked you to do? What have I asked you to do? A judgmental attitude of others, a finger pointing at others is rife in the world. We see it everywhere that we look. Five minutes on social media tells you everything that you need to know. But do you know what? It's got no place in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is really clear about that in um, our scripture for this morning, which is Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. I think that's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. We're joining Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. This is his great big sermon of the kingdom of God. He's introducing it into the world. He has literally just said to those who are listening, 
um, not to worry about what they're going to eat or drink, but to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. He's just said that and he goes on after telling people not to be anxious and to worry. He says this, verse one, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your brother, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your brother's eye. Speck and a log. Friends, it's time for us to remove judgmental attitudes from our lives. I'm not talking about judgment in terms of discernment. Jesus goes on to say, uh, don't, don't throw your pearls before pigs. How do we know what a pearl and what a pig is? How do we know what is holy and unholy if we're not able to use judgment and discernment? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a judgmental attitude. Judgment is a really good thing, but a judgmental attitude is blinding. In fact, it reveals more about our own weaknesses than our brothers. <laughs> it's a ridiculous image. It's almost quite funny if it weren't so sad. A judgmental attitude can be so obvious to everybody else. I'm not going to try to put this in my eye. I was going to, but my live-in health and safety officer, my three-year-old, decided that would not be a good idea. But it's so obvious to everybody else, and yet it's blinding to those who walk around with a judgmental attitude. It reveals more about our own weaknesses than it does about our brothers. And in this way, it doesn't reflect God. Remember how Josh, a couple of weeks ago, encouraged us that we shouldn't put Jesus under a bushel. Don't put him under a basket. Don't hide him. Remove things in your life that hide the light and the love of God that we've seen in him. And this is one of those things that we have to remove. It's obvious to everyone else. And for the one who claims to be a follower of Jesus, the holy God of love, it's hypocritical and it appears ridiculous. It doesn't honour God. It poisons the heart of his people and it robs the world of a true reflection, a true representation of Jesus in the earth. When we think about it, to have a judgmental attitude of others is a really easy thing to do. It's easy to sit in our armchair on a Saturday night and to watch The X Factor, to watch Britain's Got Talent. I'm showing my Saturday night watching now, aren't I? Um, but it's easy to sit down and, and to be in the audience and we're invited to be the fifth judge. And in that sense, there's nothing wrong with those shows. But it's so easy just to look on. It's so easy to go down the pub on, on the Saturday afternoon to watch the football with your mates and everybody there is a pundit. Everybody has reserved their place on match of the day in the evening to give their opinion of why their team won or why their team lost. It's easy enough to sit by and to judge others. We can all go on Twitter, on Instagram and uh, see everybody up on their soapbox where anybody can give their, their piece of truth, my truth. It's easy to have a judgmental attitude, to give others our advice when there's no accountability in our lives to show that we're living it. But to put your skin in the game, to obey God and to put his ways into practice in our lives, that's true bravery. And in doing so, it brings a clarity of perspective. It enables us to see the world as he sees 
and therefore to be able to help one another and take the specks out of each other's eye. Notice that Jesus doesn't negate that there's a speck in this other friend's eye, in the brother's eye. It is there, but the person who has the plank in their own is unable to help their brother because they haven't dealt with something that God has asked them to do. They haven't dealt with an attitude that's within them. And at the end of the day, on that last day when we stand before the Lord, he's not going to ask for our expert opinion on what was wrong with our brother's life or, or what was going on in our friends or in our family. He's going to say, what did you do? What did you do with the gifts and the talents that I gave you? Let that sink in for just a moment. It comes back to that one simple question. What has he asked you to do? What command has he given you? What impossibility has he called you into? And I came back to this prophetic word that the Lord gave us. It was almost a year ago now. And he said to us, it's time to put away comparison and it's time for us to put away opinion. Both are rooted in a judgmental attitude. Comparison says, if I were, if I were that person, I would do this. It sits on the sideline and says, this is what you should do. If I were you, this is what I would do. But it's unwilling to get up and walk a mile in, in its brother's shoes. Opinion is similar, except it says, when I was. When I was doing this, this is how we did it and this is how it worked. You should do that. It looks back to past experience, even past victories won, and it lays it as an expectation on top of another person. Opinion is based and rooted in our attitude, not sourced in revelation, which is what is required for us to move forward. Revelation is sourced in God. Both have this in common, they're both static. Both assume a position that I've made it. I've made it, therefore I can tell others what to do and how to make it. It, it gives a sense of right and an ability to judge others. But T warned us about this a few weeks ago. He said, let none of us ever say that I've made it, but let us give God thanks that we are a work in progress, that what he has begun, he's working in us and will bring to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Not one of us can look down on another with a pointing finger, but each one of us can come alongside each other and pick others up if we've walked through experiences, pick each other up and walk together. We're not those who point fingers, but we're those who pick each other up. If we are alive on this earth today and we're still breathing, then God hasn't finished with us yet. We're left with obedience. It's the only way to take the log out of our own eyes. It's time for us to deal with our attitudes towards our brothers and sisters. It's time for us to stop blaming uh, culture. It's time for us to stop blaming leaders and politicians or our bosses. It's time to stop pointing fingers for the things that are going on in our own lives. It's time to stop hiding behind the logs and to put our skin in the game. Again, what has God asked you to do? Skin in the game means stepping onto the field, having a go, taking what God has said and putting it into practice, just like Angus and Alice encouraged us to do. Only that gives us the ability and the right to help each other and to take the specks out of our brother's eye. I was reminded of a, a time when I made a judgment call on someone um, when I was uh, helping lead this person to the Lord. We've been spending a few months ago, they had a bunch of questions about Jesus and wanted to know the answers. 
Um, and it, this was going on for a long time and they were kind of in and out and I was, I was getting quite frustrated. So I said, hey, let's, let's catch up. And for me, it was the last time I was walking to meet this guy and I ended up waiting for ages and he never showed. And I was walking home and I just made the joke. So, well, he clearly doesn't want to be in. I'm, I'm done now. I'm going to leave it. Uh, judgment made, call done. As I was walking back home, the Holy Spirit in his grace spoke to me. He said, uh, you might have given up on this gent, but I haven't. I have a place for him in my family. I want you to tell him about this picture and I want you to text him when you get home. I had to repent, had to change the way that I was thinking and start thinking like Jesus. So I got home, I texted the guy, he came around, I shared the picture with him. He said, that is exactly what I've been waiting to hear. I'd like to follow Jesus. I'd like to get baptised. He got baptised. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He's now gone home uh, to his home nation where he's serving God, not just in his local church, but in his workplace. And he's got such a great hunger and passion to preach the gospel. There was a, a radical transformation in his life. And I'm just so grateful for God's grace that my attitude that could so easily have, have, have robbed someone of their eternity. Um, I'm so thankful for God's grace. I was so focused on a wasted hour of my life, but what was at stake was another man's eternity. It's time for us to take the planks out of our own life's church. God, God is too good. He's too holy. He's too loving for us to live this way. He's called us to a higher way. He's given us his spirit that we might do it. These attitudes, they, they don't reflect him and they're no good for us. But praise God, he's so kind to us and he's so pure and he's so holy. He refuses to leave us in our bad attitudes. And if we are unable to see them, then we have faithful friends and uh, some of us have faithful spouses as well who are happy to show us where they are. But I think if most of us are honest, we already know. I know I can say that I know where my bad attitudes lay. Even in the last week, uh, looking at social media and, and seeing posts and getting riled up or frustrated with a brother and sister. It's a brother and sister in Christ. Christ lived in them. The, 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 the king of glory lives in them. I have no right to get riled up. If I have a problem, then I go to my brother and sister. I deal with it. I can't walk around with this log in my eye claiming that I love Jesus. It doesn't reflect him. It poisons the heart of his people and it, it robs the world of a true reflection of Jesus. I can do it no longer. Perhaps you're starting to think of attitudes that you've had. Maybe um, Maybe you, you've judged someone on yours or somebody else's opinion before you've even met them. But have you asked the Holy Spirit what he thinks about this person? Maybe, maybe you've condemned someone who's, who's regularly late to a Sunday meeting or to a life group. But have you ever stopped to ask them why? Maybe they're struggling. Maybe they need help. Maybe they've got a bad attitude and maybe God's asking you to go and help them in it. But you don't know unless you've asked God first. Maybe you've been critical of a contribution that someone's made in a church gathering or, or when you've been reaching out to a friend. It's time to take the plank out of our own eyes. And I believe that as we do this and as we start to walk in love, not just towards God, but towards one another. As we take these planks out of our own eyes. We're going to fear judgment less. Jesus says, 
in in chapter in verse two, um, you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. I believe that some of us have feared judgment and haven't done what God has asked us to do for that fear. But as we walk in love, as we take the plank out of our own eyes, I believe that that love is going to cast out fear. Take the plank out of your own eyes and take a step of obedience. Because that obedience is a gateway for the kingdom of heaven to come on the earth. It's it's a gateway for God's righteousness, for his peace, for his joy to rush in, not only to our own lives, not only into the lives of the church, our brothers and sisters, but into the rest of the world. What transformation lies ahead for us as we take these planks out of our own eyes and as we walk in love? It's time to put aside those judgmental attitudes that we might see clearly around us the way Jesus sees that we may help one another, that we may take the specks out of each other's eye, but we may do it because we've got our skin in the game. Because we love God and we love other people. Jesus says this in John 14 verse 15, that if we love him, we will obey his commands. And then slightly earlier in John 13 verse 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love without obedience is hypocrisy, but true love displays the transformation, the transformation that Jesus is doing in our lives. This is not, uh, this is not meant to be a condemning message. It's, it's a spur to say, let's live in love. I pray today that our love for Jesus and for one another will increase. That whilst we are lockdown for another week and as we continue to walk through this season as we see less of one another perhaps there's there's an opportunity where we're not comparing ourselves to each other where we're not sharing opinion but as it's just us in the house with our families or or, or with our friends or whether it's just us and Jesus let's take time to be with the Lord to deal with our attitudes towards one another and to walk in love I pray that our passion for him would grow, that our desire to obey our Lord Jesus would only increase, that the kingdom of heaven would find gateways in us to invade this earth and to establish the rule of Jesus, his righteousness, his peace of joy in the Holy Spirit on this earth. For the one who says, not my will, but your will be done, is just such a gateway. We may be locked down, church, but we're not knocked down. There's still so much that God has for us. There's still so much that he's longing to do in us and through us to bring glory to his name, to bring joy to our lives and to put his son, Jesus Christ, on display in all the earth and make him famous. His glory is filling the earth every time we take a small step of obedience. And every time in the coming days when we take a log out of our own eye, we're putting Jesus on display. Church, I trust that this has blessed you. I trust that um, you're going to find a fresh passion and love for Jesus in, in the days ahead. Be blessed, church, and I can't wait to see you very soon on the other side. We trust you have been encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to get connected, you can write to us at hello 
at allnationschurch.org.uk or call us on 029-2052-4125. Thank you so much for tuning in.